Welcome to episode number 17 of the eCardingNews.com debrief podcast, February 28th, 2018. Uh, Rob Howden here alongside David Cole. David, how you doing? I am doing great. You caught me mid-drink. I, Sorry. <laughs> I don't usually introduce you at the very no. start, and I caught you. You threw That's me awesome. off. Great way to start the day. This is the, the debrief podcast. Uh, for those of you who have tuned in to the uh, ECAN radio network recently, you know that we've made some changes to the debrief. Uh, last year during the podcast, we used this debrief as kind of a, an overall podcast where we just talk about the sport. We'd look at some of the top hot news items that came through. We'd talk about some racing. I have a couple other topics that we'd hit. But the debrief this year for 2018, strictly a breakdown of the most recent event that David and I attended. Uh, this particular uh Podcast is going to be our breakdown, the debrief on the Challenge of the Americas, uh, second event of the year, rounds three and four from Fontana, California. So David and I will start rolling into that. But let's start by introducing uh, our presenting sponsor for this week's show. The sponsor will be Precision Karting Technologies. Big thank you to them for being an e-partner for, for many years. With over 40 years of manufacturing experience, Precision Karting Technologies is the leader in American-made components. We produce high-quality products led by our full line of chromoly and mild steel axles. Metric or imperial, standard or custom, we have what you need. Collars, keys, and bearings were the source for axle components in the USA. With over 70 dealers throughout the U.S. and Canada, it's easy to choose PKT. Family-owned and operated, proudly made in the USA. So, David, again, we're jumping into the a new debrief. You and I made the trek out to Fontana, California. Always great to get the cow speed. You know, Mike Smith and his crew there do a great job. And uh, before we talk a little bit about weather, let's just first and foremost, we walk in there. We got a bigger EKN studio. The uh, the announcer's <laughs> booth was massive this year. <laughs> last time we were there, it was tiny. Well, yeah, it's been, what, five years since we were there last time. So, uh, we, you know, from... From the outside looking in, not being there for five years, you didn't. It didn't appear that things had really ever changed. But that was about the only change they, I think they made was a bigger announcers booth. That was good for us, that's for sure. We had some room to, to spread out and, and get some work done. Obviously, we we did the uh, the happy hour with Howden broadcast on a Friday afternoon, as we always do. We uh, broadcast the you know the the goings on of the last practice session of the day. Uh, got a chance to interview a lot of people. And that's something that we've added to uh, the ECAN radio network as well. Uh, in the week that follows these events, you're going to be able to see uh, us come in with uh, with that with that podcast, that that segment, that happy hour segment where we talk to some guys, plus blast out the, the times. I think it's been a great, great addition. Uh, David, overall, I, I know that when you and I were planning on heading out there, I think, you know, we always think, hey, you know, it's February or whenever we end up going out for our challenge race. It's going to be warm. You know, we got, we're going to pack the shorts, some T-shirts, maybe a light jacket, whatever. A little chillier in the morning uh, at, in Fontana at Cal Speed for, throughout the weekend. Really salt, just gorgeous weekend. Blue skies, not a cloud. Uh, some high winds on Sunday morning before we even got to the racetrack. Otherwise, low 60s. So very comfortable temperatures. But I'll tell you, when the sun went down for the podiums, I was I needed some pants. <laughs> it was It was cold. Yeah, it was the winds that really kept the temperature uh, at, a, at a lower level uh, that we're used to when we go to California. And so that that was uh, that was the main factor of why we had the pants on and the, and the coats and the, and the hats and gloves on Saturday night. Uh, once once that sun went down, it uh, got a bit a little bit chilly. But Sunday, it seemed to heat up a, a little bit more. You know, I was able to take the jacket off and 
Well, <laughs> I was trackside, and and so and even during the podiums, you know, we weren't freezing. Uh, uh, so so it got warmer. So when the uh, when the uh, weather or the wind decided to to calm back down, so uh, over like you said, overall though it was it was perfect racing weather because I don't think the winds really affected the uh, the on track action. Obviously, with the, with the cooler temperatures, it did affect and kind of be alter a little bit the way qualifying rolled in. And and because, obviously, with the Bridgestone tires a little harder, uh, that the surface at Cal Speed, cooler temperatures, it did take the guys more laps. We saw a lot of categories that we sometimes see guys knock out their fast lap on lap three, four, or five. In a lot of the classes, they were going to, to six, seven, and eight because it's just a little, a little more time to – yeah. Even lap 12. Uh, we, I think we saw in, in, in one of the junior sessions. I mean, it took till the last lap to get the fastest lap out of those tires. Well, uh, Jake Drew was one of them. You're right. Remember, he he steal, stole the pole position away uh, from Colby Colby Debato, I believe, in the very last lap of one of the mm-hmm. sessions. So, uh, all in all, all in all, a great weekend for us in terms of weather. Let's 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 talk numbers. Uh, it's, it's obviously very important here for the Challenge of the Americas. They're they have essentially. Um, you know, rebranded themselves, re- rebuilt their program, having done 10 years as a, as a Rotax Max series. They start 2018 off after a long uh, offseason to work on it uh, with the Rock Cup program. So 85 drivers in the opening round in Phoenix. They go to 91 at Cal Speed. Overall, a 7% growth, but it was kind of most of the categories either were exactly the same, one up or a couple down. Based on who wanted, you know, some of the locals from Phoenix didn't come, replaced by the locals from California. But the biggest jump was was in the Masters category, David, from ten up to seventeen. It was it was a really good Masters field. Yeah, there we saw a lot of local contingent come out and, and race because the Southern California area has been uh, a breeding ground of Masters racing, and especially with the Challenge of the Americas, we've always seen great. Masters fields, whether it be Rotax Masters, whether it be DD2 Masters, whether it be anything having to do with Masters. I and I, I almost start to think, you know, looking at, at, at them providing the 206 category, maybe we, we throw in a Rotax ma- or a, a 206 Masters class kind of in there maybe next year as, as like a class within the class type deal. Uh, it'd be pretty easy to, to run a, a 206 Masters class or run them with the senior category. No doubt about that. And I think they would probably draw. That's one of the great things about Masters racing. These guys want to come out and have a good time and and go and go racing. <clears throat> if we look at 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 the numbers again, pretty much across the board, double digits. You know, we had uh, twelve in, in in mini, fifteen in junior, uh, ten drivers again in Rotex. I mean, uh, Rock Senior. We're, we're going to keep doing that, I think. <laughs> Rock Senior. I didn't say Rotex one time on the mic though, on the weekend. I want to point that out. I think. Are you I, sure I, you didn't say Max? I think you said Max. <clears throat> Don't say that. Did I really? I, th- I was. I honestly. <laughs> I didn't say it as a class. I just said maybe to the max or something. Oh, to the. Oh, all right. Well, that's not bad. Right. I can do that. Because I kept saying rock and roll. That works. Uh, 17 in Master, as I said. Rock Shifter had 18 in total, 13 in the uh, in the senior class, and, and five in the Masters category. 206 kind of has kind of settled out, David. You know, they're, they're right around a dozen or so in junior, eight to, I mean, a dozen or so in senior, eight to 10 in the junior category. Um, personally, I'm, I was personally surprised because for me, when I raced, anytime a big series came anywhere near me, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I'm, I was going to run it. And I'm surprised there weren't more Southern California, because there's a lot of 206 guys there. I'm surprised not more Southern California guys didn't come out to challenge people at a major event. I would like to see more guys come out and say, hey, this is my, my turf. Here's what we're doing. 
I'm going for the win. Well, we, but we see we're seeing that with the 206 category. It's tough for a lot of these local drivers to come out and race a, a higher profile event because it's cost more money, it's more time invested, and and to be honest, it takes away from the local events that they attend. So it, we, we've seen it on the East Coast throughout the Man Cup Series last year. We're seeing you know the Scusa Winter Program only had ten and ten, so it's not like they blew the numbers away with with you know, because local wise, I mean, they get quadruple that. So I, if, if you're getting, yeah. if you get say 10 to 25% of the local contingent, I think that's a plus. And it's, it, it just, I, I would love I just, to see it too, like but to it's, it. it's not going to happen. I mean, we'd love to see more bigger fields all the time, but it's just, it's, it's just the way the sport is. I think it's just, you, you, you you strive to have these big huge numbers, but you, you you could give them anything anything in the world, and they still won't show up. <laughs> Am I right? I mean, we've done that. We've done that with high profile <laughs> events. You know, we, we that's true. With it about other events, say, well, if what if we provide you know ten thousand dollars win? Well, you're still only going to get ten guys showing up. You're not going to get the forty or 50, 50 guys be going because yeah. a they know certain people are going to win, so that that takes a percentage out of out from showing up. And again, budgets, it, there, there's a race at Cal Speed nearly every weekend, whether it's Tri-C, whether it's LAKC, whether it's anything that's going on, even the local stuff, the the the, uh, the Super Sports Series stuff that they do. A lot of 206 racers do that. So I, I, it just, I think it boils down to just, if you can get 10 to 25% of your local contingent there, it's, it's, it's at least a win. It's not a win-win. It's not what we want to see, but it's a win. Yeah, it's a, that's a good point, Dave. That, that is a good point. There's a lot of racing going on. All right, folks, we're uh, we're going to get ready to jump into this thing. Stick with us here on the EKN Radio Network and uh, episode number 17 of The Debrief as David and I get set uh, to do the Paddock Pass. Let's talk a little bit about what happened in the Paddock at CalSpeed. Are you ready to rock? We turned the page and started a new chapter for the Challenge of the Americas in January, but the same program that people know and love remains the foundation. The Challenge has embarked on a new season with a brand new formula, welcoming the Rock Cup program to the West Coast. We'll also be offering the popular Briggs 206 classes again this year after resounding success and support when we debuted the categories in 2017. The final round of the Challenge of the Americas is scheduled for April 13th, 14th, and 15th in Sonoma. And we welcome you to join us for what will be our biggest race of the year. If you're ready for the off-season to be over, come have some fun. If you're up north in the frozen tundra, do you really need a better reason to come to the Challenge? Get out of the cold and into the sun and warmth. Let's rock! And for more information, visit challengecarding.com. For over a century, Briggs & Stratton has had a commitment and passion for racing. It's a DNA found in every engine we build today. So whether you kart race, Baja, race quarter midgets, or believe that dirt and snow are just God's way of adding to the challenge, the dedicated spirit of every Briggs & Stratton employee stands at the fence waiting for the green flag to drop. Briggs & Stratton Racing. What powers you? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. 
This is episode number 17 of the EKN Debrief Podcast. David Cole and I breaking down the Challenge of the Americas event in Fontana, California, rounds three and four. Let's move to the Paddock Pass, brought to you uh, this week by the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. Uh, David, let's chat about some of the stuff that happened uh, paddock-wise when we got there. Obviously, some surprises. Uh, <clears throat> we didn't see uh, Rock Master Point Leader Adam Kasich. Uh, not able to make the trek. I think he said he had a family a family function on the East Coast. In fact, I think you and I went on you went on social media. I think he was golfing with his dad, which not a bad no, thing either. No, not a bad um, thing at all. But it really, it really kind of blew the the door open for guys like Paul Paul Benita come in and challenge for the championship because Kasich had swept the weekend in Phoenix, had the point lead, doesn't go to Cal Speed. Well, I think we kind of knew going in that Benia was going to be the guy to beat in Cal Speed, no matter who was going to show up, because he's he's almost become the king of Cal Speed uh, with as many laps as this guy has put on at that facility. Uh, he, he, you know, as we saw throughout the weekend, no matter where you put him, he's going to find a way to get to the front. You know, whether it's three laps or whether it's twenty five laps on a main, he's gonna he's gonna get there and be fast. <laughs> But uh, it, de- it definitely it's it's kind of made one, that category uh, pretty interesting the way things unfolded uh, as we go into Sonoma for that championship chase. Yeah, once we get into the race report segment of the debrief, we'll talk more about that. But again, just to, to say what we, we, we talked about off the top of the, uh, the podcast, really good amount of local entries. You know, guys that we haven't seen, you know, you're only going to see at Cal Speed, Tony Rossetti. Uh, it was good to see up, you know, the full tent with the full throttle carding guys. You know, Ed Quinn, Tom Vano, they obviously joined. Well, Mike Giles was there as well. You know, joining David Pergandi and Paul Benny, a big ten of masters guys coming and having a great time. So always like to see that at the challenge. Uh, late entry, David from from Jake Drew for for uh, Phil Giebler Racing. Um, I had heard that he was looking to try to get something together to come and run. He certainly made an impact. That's for sure. Oh, without a doubt, he made an impact. Uh- we saw him race uh, 206 at Streets of Lancaster. Uh, we we know we, he's he's be, he's another one of those guys that that's really fast at the LAKC or at the LAKC events and and anytime there's an event at Cal Speed. So uh, you know to have him in in the mix, it definitely uh, put him at the forefront and and he showed uh, exactly uh, what he could do there at Cal Speed. We're talking paddock pass here again, brought to you this weekend or this week by the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. I, I was real pleased to see the guys from KNK West come down once again. Jimmy Gregory and his crew coming down from uh, Edmonton, Alberta, uh, bringing a bunch of guys to run 206. I think they ran in the Rock Senior category, they ran Rock Shifter. It was awesome to just to have those guys there. Oh, very, very good to see. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's like it's just like a bunch of guys hanging out and having a good time. That's really what that group. Uh, kind of represents and and what the sport really is is truly about just going out and having a good time um you know there's jimmy's going run, wearing around an in and out hat which you know we've all done before <laughs> so you know and we see them at the hotel you know sitting around having a good time and it's you know that's that's what racing is about you know that's kind of the one thing that we keep saying that we're, we're missing at the at the national level and, and we know anytime we go to the challenge it's a good time you know, the, the, uh, the entire crew that puts on the show for the challenge, Andy and all his staff, but also the racers that uh, take part in the challenge. You know, a lot of them are there, you know, obviously to win, but a lot of them know that that it's 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 a good time to have. Yeah, and, and I think I think you hit the nail on the head. That's one of the things about the challenge. People have had a great time. Uh, 
you know, the guys from from KNK West came down to Phoenix. They they loved it. They came back down for Cal Speed. Hopefully, we'll we'll see them at Sonoma as well. And maybe you know that whole you know, getting the participation from Canada is always a big thing for the Winter Series. We'd love to have more guys come down and enjoy us, uh, enjoy the the event as well. One last thing here for the Paddock Pass, Dave. You know, <clears throat> saw a lot of different chassis. Uh, on the weekend. And that's something I really dig seeing. We're constantly seeing different chassis, whether it's Rick Ricciardo, we, the OTK products on top. There was obviously Alex Keys on the Burrell, Top Cart, Benick. Um, it was just, you know, the VLR as well. Just awesome to see the different chassis out there in, in this program. Well, yeah, if you count them up, that's, I think we have six different chassis that won on the weekend. Now, obviously, yeah. we, ha- we had some back, some, you know, double winners throughout the weekend. So it could have been more. But it's it's good to see the, the diversity of the chassis brands winning at, at this program. I think we're seeing that a little bit more throughout the the country. Uh, you know, a lot of these other these brand other brands are are stepping up their game and and putting putting a challenge to some of the top bigger ones that we always see winning. So it's great to see the diversity of of the chassis uh, continue to evolve. Yeah, I agree. And you'll see it whether we're at a Scusa race and you're seeing the, you know, obviously Nitro Kart rocking and roll into the cadet categories. The, the arrival of Kart Republic has been very impressive. Uh, there are more chassis we're going to see coming into battle here now. And I think it's exciting to see what's happening. Uh, all right. So that's it for the Paddock Pass. Again, brought to you by the Alan Rudolph Racing Academy. Uh, after this break, David and I are going to start talking race report. We're going to start talking about some of the categories, some of the racing we saw at Cal Speed as, as part of the a second event on the Challenge of the America. Stay with us. We'll have that after this break. The Rock Cup USA Kart Racing Series is a division of the internationally recognized Rock Cup Racing Program powered by the Vortex Engine Package. The program promotes parity within the classes and the parent series, Rock Cup, is an FIA-authorized international series with a 15-year history in over 32 different countries. Powered by the Vortex Engine Platform, Rock Cup USA offers a competitive racing package throughout its promoted series, including the Florida Winter Tour, Rock Festivals, Rock the Rio, Challenge of the Americas, and a flourishing regional club program throughout the United States and multiple Canadian series. All the best rockers from around the world have the opportunity to take part in the prestigious Rock Cup International Final, an international event that crowns global rock champions. In 2017, the Rock Cup International Final had a record number of countries represented, 49 from five continents, and saw 415 rockers take to the grid. Rock Cup International Final tickets will be awarded at the Florida Winter Tour, Challenge of the Americas, and the Rock Festival. For more information on Rock Cup USA, please visit www.rockcupusa.com. Quality, innovation, and a commitment to success. That's TB Cart USA. Within a sea of mainstream chassis, TB Cart USA is taking the American karting market by storm, winning races all over the country. We have a full lineup of chassis for all categories, beginning with our kit and cadet carts. For Yamaha and Tag, we offer our S55 line of chassis. And for the shifter drivers, our TB Cart S197 is the perfect fit. If you're a Briggs 206 racer, you need our purpose-built four-cycle chassis that's based on our proven TB Kart S55 geometry. If you're looking for a team to race with, give us a call. We offer all levels of support, local and national events. We are here to help get you your personal racing program to the next level. 
Team TB Cart USA is here to work with you in achieving your goals. For more information, check us out online at www.tbcartusa.com. Welcome back to episode number 17 of the EKN Debrief. My name is Rob Howden, joined by David Cole. All this, of course, part of the EKN Radio Network. David uh, and I will be working on the new uh, mobile app for the EKN Radio Network soon, so you'll be able to just tap that button on your mobile device and, and get right to the, the broadcast. Of course, the Radio Network, to remind everyone, or those of you who don't know, a 24-7, 365 carding radio station on ecardingnews.com. It'll, nothing but carding content. And we're developing new shows as the season goes along. We have the Debrief. We've got Industry Insider. We have the Operation Grassroots. David, I have a couple more ideas that we're going to bring out here in 2018. Just a lot of fun we're going to have with this as it develops. David, let's jump into the race reports section. Uh, brought to you this uh, a week by Bell Racing USA. Uh, let's start with Rock Senior. Uh, only 10 drivers in the category. But to be honest, even you know Jim McKinney coming in after the sweep in Phoenix he just needs a decent, you know, a, a decent weekend to hold, keep a hold of that lead. But really, Dave, the whole weekend was about Jake Drew. Like he just came in and flat laid it down. Yeah, he was very impressive uh, throughout the weekend, and we, as we talked about uh, earlier, um, not exactly uh, a dominant performance. You know, he got a little bit challenged here in some qualifying sessions, uh, and and the and McKinney and Jensen Altsman and Colby Dubato, they were able to challenge him a little bit early on in some of the heat and some of the races. But uh, in the end, I think uh, Drew just proved to be too consistent uh, to be able to pull away and get away from those guys and uh, and stay out in front. So, you know, the consistency is what uh, not the outright speed, but more of the consistency is what kept Drew uh, out front all weekend long. Yeah, I agree. It's, you know, we watch these races, so many races, David, throughout the year where uh, if a guy starts a little further back or maybe something happens at the start of the race where he falls back to, to fourth, whatever it may be. And I know Jake fell back a couple uh, in one of the races, but he just took his time. Yeah, there's longer races. It, it's, it's a 17-lap uh, pre-main and a 25-lap final. You do not need to pass, to win it in the first five laps. And we, we see guys try to do that and end up out of the race or well back. It was – I was really impressed by by Jake's – uh, kind of maturity and his poise and his patience, just picking his way back forward, taking his spots, and then being able to, again, work to the top of the box on both days. Very impressive, I think, for me at least, with, with Jake. He's, he scores uh, the big victories there. Colby Dubato, as you said, was very impressive. And again, Jim McKinney knocked down a couple of really good results. He's going to go to Sonoma with a, with a really good opportunity to win this championship and head to the Rock Cup International Final. Yeah, he did what he needed to do where, where he beat the people he beat in Phoenix because that's who he has to, to stay ahead of in order to uh, to try and claim this championship. And and so, it, you know, you don't like to say it was a good points day, but, but for him not being at that facility for, I think he said, maybe five years, uh, you know, when he was racing uh, Rotax Jr., so for him to come over without any prior testing to, uh, to to finish on the podium both days against do really well against two local drivers, I think uh, it was a win win for him. And that was the key point that David mentioned the the fact that Jake Drew and Colby Dubato the first time they ran they didn't do Phoenix, so they have zero points for both of those events. Uh, I'm hearing that Jake may want to go to Sonoma, which is really cool. Uh, if he goes and wins both. I think that if you look at the calculations, it'll be like a sixth place finish or something. That's all that that uh, 
that Jim McKinney would need, and he'll only need one. Uh, Dave, let's move to Rockmaster now. Again, the, the biggest class of the weekend, 17 drivers in the Rockmaster category. As you said, uh, Paul Benia, so strong at Cal Speed. Um, goes for the victory. You know, it's such a, just a, a, a winning day. Got the job done. You know, quick wins the the, the the main event. Then we find out that there's there's an issue with the carburetor, some minor minor issue with the carburetor, that ends up putting Jonathan Silva on the top of the box. He had a great weekend, had a fantastic battle with Eric Jackson. Just they gave each other room. It was just it was just great racing. He ends up with the win. Tough one for Benia though, having won that and have a small minor issue with the carburetor. Yeah, it's it. That's what you get sometimes with with the spec packages that we do run. Um, you know, we've. I hate to say this, but I've seen this with a full throttle karting driver before. John Crow uh, lost the Grand Nationals one year uh, because he didn't have the spark plug washer in. You know, it's just little things like that. Sometimes, you know, I'm not saying there was, you know, there's nothing that, uh, you know, Andy or anybody under the FTTK tent was doing. You know, it's just one of those things that, you know, when you put something back together, it might just might not have been put back the right way it should have been. Um, but it's just those little things that you always need to stay ahead of the game. And I think for Paul, it's a, it's a tough situation because he was his wrench man. Like he, it was him and only him really, uh, that was working on the cart throughout the weekend, you know, so he's, he's doing all the driving, doing all the wrenching. So sometimes, you know, little things like that can be missed. So, uh, it was a tough one for him, but he, he bounced back pretty well the next day. Yeah, I, I think Paul can probably, uh, get the pass on this one. I, I, I believe it was they had somebody prepping the carburetor for them who just made a minor mistake. Um, so Paul just bolted the thing on as it was given and, and went racing. So they were fine uh, moving into the next day. And you said he, he came in and, and smoked them. And, and you talk about how, how good Paul is and, and, and how he can make – it doesn't matter where he starts. Uh, remember, pre uh, the pre-main on Sunday, he ends up having an issue with the drive gear. Uh, so he finishes last, comes off early. He comes to the very back of the pack. And, you know, we talked to Vache Tatikian, who made his uh, challenge debut uh, this past weekend with Phil Giebler Racing in the Masters class. He got out to a nice lead. He's out there, you know, hammered out. Like, looking back, I got lots of room. I'm going to put it on slight cruise control. I'm not going to push it over, push it. And Vache actually told us he was he couldn't believe that Paul got to him that quickly. And I think that had he known, he probably would have pushed a little bit harder. But Paul just came rocketing through the field. He was into the top 10 by lap two, I think, and then just methodically knocked it out and was eventually on Bache's rear bumper, and it was only a matter of time before he was going through. Well, yeah, it, it was it was an interesting turn of events because Benia got through, you know, a few of the guys real quick at the start, but there was a big, massive pack with Brigande, Jackson, um, Rossetti, uh, um Quinn and Giles and and just I, I want to say like seven guys and they're all kind of just going you know they're all together kind of back and forth racing each other as as uh Vache drew drove away and then Benia caught him and then I, I think it was in a matter of two laps he was he was in second place so it's just it was amazing to see it, it was I turned around I was like okay he'll 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 take him maybe four laps to get through these guys you know because they were they've been racing hard and and I look back, and I'm like, holy cow, he's in second already. And it was one of those ones, David, where he just took advantage of every opportunity. You know, there's there's a good half dozen places to pass at Calspe. You know, down you know down into Long Beach Turn 1. You can pass going into the Contino Carousel. You can pass 
he can pass going into Silk, the, the left-hander. He passing the hairpin. He can pass up in 12. He just he didn't take any time to send anybody up. It was, I'm here, I'm going by. And uh, it was the impressive run for sure and a big Sunday win for Paul Bonilla. Uh, as things shake down, the consistency, however, of Eric Jackson, I believe, puts him as the, as the point leader right now. Uh, Eric's uh, got four straight podium finishes here in the challenge. So he's going to go uh, up to – to Sonoma with the lead and an opportunity. If he gets, if he can knock a race win out, he can win this championship. Uh, as I said before, Jonathan Silva getting his first uh, challenge win after the Bonilla DQ. Um, he came back to finish fifth on Sunday. <clears throat> uh, Vachy Tatikian, as we said, he and Tony Rossetti, David, very fast additions uh, to the field from, from the local region, from SoCal. And it, it was cool to have them out. And Rossetti, he just kept fast lap, fast lap, fast lap. Very impressive. A couple of podiums, I believe, for Tony. Uh, one, yes, I believe one podium for him, um, that, that came on uh, Saturday, but, uh, I think he had fast lap in both main events. Um, so I, you know, he was, he was quick on, on Friday. We saw him quick on Friday. I, you know, just kind of up and down here and there, but, uh, when it came to main event time, uh, he was, he was definitely the quickest guy out there. Uh, let's move on to, to the rock junior category. Uh, we saw the, the speed of Ugu Ugu Chukwu. Uh, at Phoenix, qualify on pole and just run away with it. You know, obviously, the ability to get that done. Uh, you and I have talked many times about the fact that starting on pole, uh, winning on pre-main and winning races, uh, it's great for the resume, but not fantastic for racecraft because you simply don't get a chance to pass anybody. And you and I, David, we've talked about the P-Pick. We love that, that the start, you start pole one race, you start the next heat race at the back because I think you, you do need to pass. Ugu was able to con- continue his winning streak. He swept everything at Phoenix. He did the same thing on uh, on Saturday uh, at Cal Speed, pole, pre-main, main event win. You know, big day for him, extends his point lead. Sunday, a little bit different story because Ethan Ho showed some fantastic pace and Ugu got kind of pushed back a little bit. You know, Austin Torgerson was right in there. Cooper Becklin's right in there. Well, contact between Ugu Chukwu and, and Ethan Ho in the pre-main Ethan obviously out of the race. Ugu able to continue, but he gets a penalty that knocks him back to deep in the field as well. So all of a sudden, there's Ugu having to work his way forward, and he did get himself into. He was he showed great speed, but he got himself into a couple situations where you know there was some contact. Penalties were getting laid down. It was some pretty wild racing on Sunday. It was uh, the the pre main was early on. Um, we were expecting Ugo to kind of walk away, but even in in qualifying, uh, again, he was challenged, and it took him to the last lap in order to secure the pole position. So we thought, okay, hey, maybe the, the field did their homework. They're going to be able to challenge him, and they challenged him. And uh, Ugo didn't quite respond the best way he could in the prefinal. Um, it was, you know, we, me and you have kind of different views on, on, on the incident between Ugo and, and Ethan Ho. Um, you know, they were kind of just going crisscrossing back and forth and, and, and contact was made. Um, you know, Ethan got the worst of it. Uh, Ugo continued on, but uh, Ugo was penalized. So obviously the officials saw it a little bit better than maybe me and you did uh, on that on that situation. But uh, but you can you move on to the final. U- both Ugo and Ethan both started in the back and and they both tried to knife their way forward. But uh, it just it seemed like Ugo kind of struggled being uh confident in his maneuvers uh when i say that when i say that it was it was kind of like he would pass a guy and then go into defense mode right away 
And I, you know, I, I almost want to think that it was, it was the, the Europe racing that he did all of last year that kind of drove that into him where the competition is so tight that you know, in the pushback bumpers and all that other stuff, the defensive line is probably the best way to go. But, but here with no pushback bumpers and, and the difference between some of the drivers uh, in the field, I don't think the defensive line was, was the best route to take in, in some of the, the instances that he was in. I think if he just would have ran the racing line and, and kind of done what we saw in Phoenix where he, you get on that, that rhythm and you start knocking down those fast laps that we know he can do, uh, he would have been able to pull away and maybe move up further through the field. I think that's a great point, David. You're exactly right. He 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 would make a move and then come to the top of hill of the hill, turn turn uh, eleven and twelve. We were running the the Grande uh, counterclockwise course. He'd come back to the top of the hill that you know the double left hander and would drive right down to the inside. That's going to rob his speed going down the hill. And then the minute they got on the straightaway coming out of fifteen, you were right. He was right to the inside of the racetrack after he made a pass. And like you said, his outright speed, all he really would have had to do was run and. and and probably would have been able to pull away from the guys that he went by. But you're right. He started going in defense mode, stacked everybody up, and, and it just made it made for a lot more, let's say, close racing, a lot more contact. And in the end, you got to give props to uh, Austin Torgerson and Cooper Becklin. They were able to get away while everybody was racing behind them. Torgerson ends up with the win. Uh, Cooper Becklin in second, I believe. So just all in all, some good racing, but some interesting stuff in terms of, of a driver who – probably got some really good experience this weekend in Nugachukwu having to race hard side by side. Just a really good learning experience. All right. A couple races down. We got more to come here, folks, on the EKN Debrief. Episode number 17, as David and I breaking down the Challenge of the Americas event in Fontana, California. Stay with us. When we get back, we're going to talk Rock Shifter. If your dream is IndyCar, set your sights on the Mazda Road to Indy presented by Cooper Tires. The first step of the ladder system is the Cooper Tires USF 2000 Championship powered by Mazda, which prepares young drivers for the calculated jump to the Pro Mazda Championship presented by Cooper Tires, where increased power, grip, and aero downforce fast-track your training. The final rung is the Indy Lights presented by Cooper Tires program. The last four Indy Lights champions will be racing in the Verizon IndyCar Series this year, so it's a proven formula. At all three levels, you will race at premier venues on the same weekends as IndyCar. Showcase your skills under the watchful eyes of IndyCar scouts and owners. Former Carters fill the roster of Mazda Road to Indy graduates like Spencer Piggott, Gabby Chavez, Zach Veach, Ed Jones, and 2017 Indy Lights champion Kyle Kaiser. Recent karting graduates like Oliver Askew are in the middle of their journeys as well. Follow in their footsteps. Fulfill your dream. If you want to race IndyCar, there is only one choice. The Mazda Road to Indy, presented by Cooper Tires. you want to drive the best, drive a CRG. Our countless race wins and championships prove this fact, including taking the KZ Finals at the Scusa Super Nationals and the CIK World Championships in both 2016 and 2017. Our material is second to none. After years of independent American importers, CRG is now managed directly by the factory and run out of our state-of-the-art headquarters in Texas. 
CRG Nordam is the American arm of the CRG factory in Italy, and we're serious about success. We stock a wide variety of parts in all of our chassis, from the CRG Hero for the Mini categories, to the Heron for Tag Race, the Road Rebel for Gearbox competition, and the new FS4, which has been designed specifically for American four-cycle Briggs racing. If you're ready to step up to the national level, do it with a factory race team that competes across the USA. CRG Nordam is a full factory effort with the best personnel and the finest equipment. We're serious about winning, and you should be too. Welcome back to the EKN Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network, episode number 17, February 28th, 2018. Wow, David, it just kind of hit me there. We're almost into March already. You realize yeah, that? We basically are into March. Uh, <laughs> it's it, crazy. It's, it, it, uh, you know, when I started writing the preview for uh, for this past weekend, I, I couldn't believe that we were already two months into the season. And it's just, it's just kind of just zoomed by super fast. Uh, and I think, it, you know, again, <laughs> yes. the, there's just more and more racing that's going on. And, and the season starts in December. It doesn't start in in march or april it starts in december when we go down to daytona and then from there it just it just continues to unwind and and uh it, it it's a fun time but a busy time <laughs> exactly all right let's get back at it. this is again the race report uh brought to you this week by bell racing usa always a, a pleasure to work with the guys uh, chris wheeler and the crew at, at bell racing uh, big partners with us partnering up with the ek and driver rankings we're thrilled to have them on board rock shifter dave um a handful of really good guys. You know, we came in with two different winners, Cole Bailey and Nikki Hayes, able to win at Phoenix. Uh, we were saying to ourselves, hey, are we going to get a third and fourth different winner? Well, we did on Saturday. Uh, Alex Keys, the Red Bull Global Rallycross GRC Lights Race winner. Man, he's he looked really good out of the box. Good on Friday and then essentially able to just take control and win on Saturday. Yeah, his speed was, uh, again, consistent he was able to to get the whole shots uh both races get away cleanly and and be be able to uh hold off any any kind of challenges that he had um you know saturday you know hayes and hayes and bailey kind of challenged him early on but keys just never made it put a wheel wrong and and was able to get away and and earn his first victory uh with the series on saturday and then you you move into Sunday. It was kind of the same thing. About, it was it was really the same thing. It's just we this time we saw Clinton Scooby uh, step up his game overnight and kind of be the lead challenger in the final. So uh, you know Keys had Scooby on his bumper the entire time, all twenty five laps, and it just it was unbelievable. It, you know, I just you, you couldn't really tell where Keys was weak uh, around the race course because you know Scooby was was. He's kind of got a different – Keys was kind of more laid back, relaxed, and Scooby's kind of just all over the wheel, if you know what I mean. And so it wasn't really – there wasn't really any spot that either of them were gaining or losing to each other. They were just kind of equal. And uh, he just wasn't able to make a move and, and, and challenge. Yeah, and in talking to Clinton, and, and you're right, Clinton, he's up on the wheel. He, he'll, he'll manhandle. He's a big guy. He, like, he's, he's strong. He's going to manhandle that cart, especially there's a couple places on that racetrack which are a bit bumpy in, in, the, in the shifter. But when I talked to Clinton after the race, he said that they kind of split the track in half. There were there were there were places where Clinton was faster, and there were places where, where Alex was faster, and he just couldn't do anything. He said, "I, you know, I, I was thinking about making a, a move in a couple spots, but 
goes, I didn't want to take us both out. I wanted to make sure if the move was done, I was going to be able to do it with some certainty. And I, don't, I just don't think Clinton ever had that. I was, we were just continuing to wait for him to throw it in there somewhere. But uh, to his, to his credit, Clinton's a, he's a class act. He's a great driver, always gives you room. It, I was thrilled to see him there this weekend. Uh, that was just fun to watch. That was 25 laps of two dudes dropping the hammer. Now we didn't, it's a passing would have been wild, but I'm telling you, Clinton just did not let up. Alex ends up winning both races. Um, He's going to go to the to the uh, the finale weekend at Sonoma with the point lead, but Cole Bailey's still in there. Nikki Hayes is still in there. This championship's going to probably come down to Sunday. It it, it will be. I think this this is the class that that'll be fun to watch uh, because with, with with the way everything's unfolded in the first four rounds, you know, Keys has a little bit of an advantage being in Sonoma, but I mean, you can't take it away anything away from Coy Bailey or uh, Nikki Hayes because these two guys. I mean, they're fast, and and it, it's going to be really interesting to watch. Yeah, it's, it's going to be thrilling for sure. Deeper in that field, they they ran the Rock uh, Shifter Masters category as well. Calvin Chen ends up with a couple of victories. Obviously, he knows that track. I think I think Steve Buckner told us. I think they they swept the the year at the LAKC last year, so he knows that racetrack. He hammers down, and he got the job done. He was able to win both races. Uh, Nick Firestone and Zoli Sewell were right in the in the hunt as well. But Chen with with the double win in the Masters category. In Mini Rock, Dave, man, third different winner. Logan Toke able to come in and score a race win. Uh, we saw some speed out of, out of AJ Zarconi as well. It was just fun. It was just good racing in the Mini Rock category. Again, we, we kind of didn't have that clear cut driver who was like we saw in Senior or in Masters that could that could go out and dominate. You know, we I think it was Kai Sorensen was in there. He was quick. Parker DeLong was quick. Um, obviously, Chase Gardner was quick. Chase Gardner, for sure. AJ Zarcone yeah. took a pole position, uh, I believe, on Saturday. So, you know, I, this yeah. one, just like the uh, the shifter category, is going to be great coming down to the end uh, with the championship because I think we got five drivers that are that are in the hunt. And, you know, depending on how things unfold in Sonoma, anything can happen. Really interesting to me to see the VME drivers, uh, obviously Eric Jackson in the master's class with four straight podiums and Gardner looking really good as well with, with, with a run of podiums here and the VME too. So it's again, like you said, this is going to be a battle. Five drivers in the title chase heading to Sonoma. Uh, yeah, this is, <laughs> I, I just get ready for this one because that track at Sonoma, so many different places to pass. I think it's going to be an absolute whirlwind for the drivers in the, in the mini rock class. Well, that, and, was, yeah, that's, go. I was going to say the, the cow speed. I mean, we saw toe kind of, kind of pull the uh, Tavella where he just sat in second, pushed a guy out and then decided to make his move in the end. I don't think you're going to be able to see that in Sonoma because Sonoma, there's just so many different places to pass and so many different areas where like you, you were talking about in shifter, you can be good in one area and bad in another. There's so many of those different spots there at Sonoma. So I think, I think that's going to tend to, uh, to provide some great racing. And, and you're right, David. We did see some improved, I don't use the word racecraft, but it is probably the best word, but just some really good strategy out of a couple of drivers. Instead of, instead of guys battling like crazy, we did see that happen. Guys battling, the rest of the field closes up. But on a couple of occasions, we saw drivers, two guys pull away. Even even in the in the, the young mini rock category, like you said, Logan Tote put himself in second position, being smart. 
and pull away. I love seeing that because that that's the understanding of that race strategy you need. You don't need to race in the first 10 laps. It's the last two or three when you got to go at it. Or the first corner. <laughs> yeah, or you decide to go four wide into the first corner. Exactly. All right, let's uh, let's have a look at LO, uh, the 206 senior category. Um, you know, you and I are big fans. We like to we we run 206 ourselves when we whenever we can. A new player in the game show up for uh, for Cal Speed. You know, Micah Hendricks uh, was the big dog at Phoenix local racetrack. In comes David Vasquez on the VLR, and he kind of made his statement early. Uh, we did the happy hour with Howden during the final practice session, the pre-qualifying time practice, that extended 20-minute uh, session that Andy Saisman offers up with the hot pit. Uh, let's put it this way. The 206 guys are out there. We already had Vasquez in the hot seat talking to me in the booth in the happy hour before the session was even over. I think he did four or five laps, went P1, and parked it. He was, that, the VLR was good out of the box, I think. Yes, it was, it was very good. And it's something we've seen at, I think, uh, both coasts now we've saw, you know, Colin Warren sweep the Scusa winter series on the VLR. And now, uh, you know, with Micah Hendricks and David Vasquez, you know, they've, they've swept the, uh, the 206 senior program at the challenge of the Americas. So the, yeah, the VLR is definitely one of the, uh, the top Briggs chassis that we're seeing right now. And talk about guys understanding the strategy. Uh, once the early racing kind of shook down David in the main event on, on Sunday, uh, it was impressive to see Vasquez and Hendrick just hook up and pull away. Uh, you know, they, it's, they, they ran an 18 lap main event and for what the first probably seven, 16, 15 laps, they were just nose to tail or taken off. You guys can fight it, uh, you know, fight it out amongst yourselves for third, but we're just taken off. Then of course got down to that battle at the end when Hendricks went by, but they really showed exactly what you have to do in a 206 to get away. Well, I think that was kind of instigated by Hendricks because he was involved in the the five cart battle we saw in uh in Phoenix where you know he was I think back to fifth at one time well when you're racing for the win you don't exactly want to be pushed back to fifth so I think he knew uh the other drivers were going to step up the game and they kept it close early but uh you know he he was able to push Vasquez away uh so it was just the the two uh VLR drivers uh going head to head uh for the win Tough one for the win, too. Hendricks leads with, what, a lap and a half to go. They come up the hill. One of the slower cars was was doing his best to get out of the way. And as they came up the hill, Hendricks wasn't sure what to do. He wasn't sure if the lapper was going to stay to the inside or go to the outside. So Hendricks goes to the outside. The lapper starts to move to the right to the outside as well. Vasquez throws it down the inside in 11 and ends up with a position turn number 12. That was just one of those deals where I think Hendricks just – it wasn't sure what to do, right? If you if you, if you jink to the inside, Vasquez would have went around the outside. So in the end, tough one for Hendricks. He was still a smiles at the podium, but Vasquez ends up with the win. Yeah, it only cost him 500 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you're right. But he, 500, yeah. but he did get free entry to the next race. So. <laughs> exactly. Got a free entry to go up to Sonoma. That's true. That's true. Wow, that's... That's what, that was harsh, Dave. That was harsh. It was the that only was class harsh. racing for money. So essentially, it was it was that's what he lost. He lost the five hundred dollars. That's true. True enough. True enough. All right, let's go to uh, Lo two hundred six Junior. Um, Toby Longnecker making it a sweep for VLR in the category. Uh, really good racing. Ashton Torgerson, Cooper Becklin all in the fight as well. But in the end, David Toby Longnecker getting that victory. Yeah, so that's what uh, three of the four wins for 
in the Briggs categories for VLR. So again, uh, that the, they definitely know uh, how to how to make the low horsepower uh, work on that chassis. Yeah, they're they're having a decent start to the year so far, is what you're trying to say. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't <laughs> mind winning three out of four. That'd be that'd be that'd be win. That'd be great. Yeah, three out of four, three out of four at the challenge, and four out of four at the uh, at the Scusa Winter Series. That's that's pretty solid. Pretty solid start. All right, well, you know, let's uh, let's have a look now, Dave. We're done with the, with the the race report. That's all the categories. It was awesome racing, as you said. And again, folks, Rob Howard alongside David Cole here, episode seventeen of the debrief on the EKN Radio Network. And again, a uh, big thank you to those of you listening in. We're, we're thrilled. If you are listening in uh, on the podcast through iTunes, do us a favor and give us a good rating. Get that thing fired up for us. We'd love that. Let's move in now, David, because we got more racing to come. You and I are not getting much of a break. I'm not getting really any break. Maybe a weekend here or two. I think I have three or four free weekends in the summer. I'm kind of overbooked, but I'm excited to go to a lot of races. Let's move to the EKN Trackside Live race calendar presented by Acceleration Kart Racing. Uh, David, right out of the box, we're heading this weekend to the opening round of the Supercarts USA Pro Tour, the second annual Winter Nationals NOLA Motorsports Park in New Orleans. Great racetrack. Uh, Going to be over, 100, uh, over, uh, over 200, maybe 215, 220 in terms of, of entries. This is going to be a, a great weekend. We're, th- this kind of signals the main season is rolling now. Would you agree? I, w- I would agree with that. Uh, it's great to go back to NOLA. Uh, this will be our fourth time going down there for karting, I believe. I think we did the Pan Am, we did the the Rotax yeah. World Final Grand Finals, and we went last year for uh, the, the inaugural Winter Nationals. And uh, heading, looking forward to heading back down to uh, to Bourbon Street and getting some good eats down there and seeing some <laughs> weirdness and and seeing some good racing at uh, at NOLA. Yeah, it's, uh, that track just races so well, you know. In in the Scusa events, you know, hardcore national racing, everyone with just so much intensity and passion. We're seeing, a, and we've seen lots of contact in the past, and hopefully that's going to calm down. We'll see some more racecraft. I'll put that out there right now that I'd love to see some better racecraft well, guys. Just race, race safe, race smart. I think last year Nola was probably one of the better tracks that we saw racecraft wise. Uh, you know, it wasn't a lot of too too many crazy moves or too many. Uh, dumb moves that uh, we saw in Sonoma, you know, Newcastle, again, I think the longer courses tend to allow you a little bit of breathing room, meaning the driver gets, the driver gets to relax That's right. and yeah. kind of think about, okay, what am I going to do rather than kind of boom, boom, boom. Oh, I got to do this type meal. Yeah. And that was, that's kind of where I was going with that was the fact that that track really raced well. We did have some contact, but it races so well. There's a lot of great places to pass. And we saw some amazing racing last year, some tremendous passes. Of course, in 17, that final corner. I like that about NOLA. It just seems like it races clean and it, race, it races really well. Uh, after NOLA, we, David, we actually, I'm head, I, actually, I go straight to the uh, opening round of the Verizon IndyCar Series in St. Petersburg. I'm super excited to get back there, getting a chance to, of course, with the Mazda Road Indy presented by Cooper Tires. Get to watch some of those kids that we've been, we've been watching for the last number of years. Oliver Askew, Kyle Kirkwood, Darren Keene, so many great drivers coming up through the ranks. Uh, we get a weekend off, and then we're going we gotta to figure out how we're doing this for EK and Trackside Live. But you and I are doing double duty uh, on the March 23rd, 24th weekend. Uh, you're at WK Manufacturers Cup uh, in GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville. I'm at Speed Sports Racing Park for the opening round of the Texas Pro Kart Challenge. It'll be two 
live broadcasts coming. We're not exactly sure where you're going to be able to tune in for them, but that's the plan for the weekend. It's it's going to be awesome. You're going to go back man, man cup racing, and I'm heading back to Texas. Yeah, I'm excited to head back to Mooresville. I love I love going there, watching races. You know, everything's right there in front of you. You can see everything. Uh, it's a great racetrack to drive. It's a great racetrack to watch. Um, good eats there, too, as well. I uh, always got to think about the food uh, when we're going places. Yes. Well, uh, hold on. Now, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure you're going to get good food down in Texas. Well, I'm going to Texas. Go good to see my, my good friend Alan Rudolph at his facility, which I absolutely love. Uh, down there with the French's and the Texas Pro Car Challenge. I think this series is going to see some growth this year, and I'm excited about it. But listen, last weekend we did the In-N-Out Burger, and it was flipping delicious. I love In-N-Out. Now I'm going to go down. I'm going to knock out. Uh, I'm going to knock out a water burger when I'm down there. And I'm going to. There's a place called Freddy's. I'm, I'm I'm supposed to go to Freddy's as well, so I might try this place, Freddy's. But Mike Jones, Eddie Alavia, Brian Kinnear, all you Texas and Oklahoma people can chill out. I'm going to. I'm going to hit. I'm going to hit up Waterburger while I'm down there. I feel sorry for you, <laughs> dude. You are an in and out man, and I, and I and I respect you for that. That's the ECAN Trackside Live Race Calendar brought to you by Acceleration Kart Racing. Scusa Pro Tour Winter Nationals this weekend. End of the month, David and I doing double duty. I'll be in Texas. He'll be at the Man Cup Race uh, in Mooresville. Uh, make sure you tune into the ECAN Trackside Live. It'll be live coverage uh, both of those events. David, let's wrap this broadcast up. Episode number 17 of the Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. Wrapping up our thoughts on the Challenge of the Americas, round number three and four in Fontana. Minor growth from one, you know, race one to race two, couple classes up, couple classes down, but overall a seven percent growth. That's key, and you got to expect with the Rock already kind of up in a position up at at Sonoma that you're going to see some increase there as well. For without a doubt, uh, we we know of at least you know probably two teams that haven't been to a challenge race this year that'll probably have you know a good four to five drivers under their tent. Uh, those that have already been supporting the program, like Cameron Carding or or leading edge, you know, some of those, you know, those NorCal teams are going to have more drivers under their tent there when we go to Sonoma. So I wouldn't be surprised if we do hit that triple digit number, you know, we, we might be able to hit a hundred and, and that's a great thing for, for Andy and his program. It definitely shows that, uh, you know, the minor growth can lead to good things. And, and, you know, a year from now, we'll be talking about even more growth. Uh, All in all, in my opinion, what the series is going to need is that local growth of the rock cup program, on both the regional and the club level. You know, they're going to be in Sonoma. They've signed a deal, an exclusive deal up at Sonoma. I know they're working hard to, to get the rock program, some roots in Southern California as well. If they're able to get that happening, uh, then they're going to have more pool to draw from. You know, the rocks also in Colorado, that's always been uh, a pool that they've drawn from for the challenge of the Americas. It's the idea of, of being able to draw from club and regional racing to offer that winter series for those drivers. Overall, David, I think an awesome weekend. You never say it during the weekend, but you can say it at the end. No red flags whatsoever. We raced all the way through. No ambulance runs. That's always a, uh, that's always a, uh, a bonus. Always good to see uh, the ambulance sit tight and not move, especially at cow speed, because we know how much of a headache that can be with the uh, with the ambulance. Sh- <laughs> Shuts everything down. We're just you got to yeah. sit there and wait. I know it's crazy. Well, folks, all in all, a good weekend at the Challenge of the Americas. David and I are really excited uh, to be now, of course, heading to the Scusa Pro Tour. It's going to be massive. Look forward to some great racing. We'll be live all weekend long. Make sure you join us. All in all, though, championship battles all up for grabs still in the Challenge of the Americas. Remember, the Rock winners 
are going to the Rock Cup International Final in uh, in South Garda, Italy. What a fantastic event that is. And I know that the winners of those prizes, those champions, are really going to enjoy themselves when they head over to Garda. So we're done. We're done for this issue of the uh, the debrief, the episode number 17. Dave, we're knocking them out, man. 17 episodes. Pretty solid. All right. Who's your favorite number 17? My favorite number 17? Uh, I, I don't know. I can only think I can only think of Daryl Waltrip right now. Daryl Waltrip. Yeah, yeah. Probably the only guy I know. Yeah. Number 17. Oh, Nick Nary. There you go. Nick Nary's a 17, I think. Nick Nary. <laughs> How about Sabre Cook? Sabre Cook's 317, right? Uh, yeah, she ran 317 for a while. You're correct. That is correct. There you go. I'll, and I'll be seeing her at the uh, at the Maserati Indy race, the opening round at St. Petersburg, the weekend after Scusa. We are done. Thank you so much, folks, for, for joining in with us here. And again, a big thanks to um, our presenting sponsor for the weekend, Precision Karting Technologies. On behalf of David Cole, this has been Rob Howden. Join us again for another episode of The Debrief here on the EKN Radio Network. <laughs>